I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Dumb Bitch Media, your favorite podcast from one person who's online and one person who isn't anywhere. True. That's a new concept. I know the podcast is about the internet. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's not about my personal internet. active <laughs> participation in the internet, no. thankfully. Maybe it was before, but we'll I'm, change- I'm changing the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking back my own experience. How are you? I'm well. I feel really happy. Good. So... I did want to quickly address this. We can address it more later on. But I did decide to delete my personal Twitter and Instagram accounts because I was not having a good time online in general. I was sick of being perceived. This is probably surprising considering I'm a comedian and a podcaster, but I'm an extremely private person. (laughs) And it really, uh, the fear of being known makes my skin crawl. So it had to go. It had to go. And not to complain about, like, mm, doing well, but it's like, I never asked or expected to have 25,000 followers. That was a platform that I was not ready for. And honestly, I was pretty flippant with just throwing around my real name and face online. Yeah. But I never really knew what was going to come of that, to be fair. I was young and, um. Yeah. Well, you never know what's going to happen, right? Exactly. And unfortunately, people can't leave you alone, so. Right, so it's like, I, that doesn't have to be in other people's hands. And I was like, I'm not gaining anything from this. No. And, like, I had a long discussion with Mike about it where he was like, well, you shouldn't let, like, a few like a few bad people, a lot of bad people, for the record, like, stop you from having fun with your friends and, like, posting pictures of, like, your outfits and your makeup and stuff. And it's like... But that account, I don't have 25,000 friends, obviously, so that account got really, really, really out of hand, and it's like, if I want to have these discussions with my friends, I can just do that privately now. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not going to stop doing that. It's not really going to affect your But it's like... Mm-hmm. And the biggest confirmation this was the right decision was how mad... People were. People were. Sorry. That's how you know you're doing something right. People are angry about it. Well, the fact that people were upset about it was just like indicative of how badly I actually needed to do it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? How quickly people are ready to turn on you and or hate following you for some reason. Immediately, people were upset on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Thanks. Yeah. Well, that. I don't know. People are just. This is a good decision, I think. And then it's like, (laughs) it wasn't like some sort of weird lawn game where I like amassed 25,000 followers and then um, was like doing it to promote my podcast. It's like, you just made a podcast account and amassed 25,000 followers because it's that easy. Yes, of course. Like, if you were like, I know I'm going to get this many followers. 
Yeah. Um, and then it's like, okay, I don't personally want to have 25,000 followers, but I do understand that that's a form of currency and it would be wasteful to just delete the whole account. Yeah. And basically everyone who follows the DBM account already follows my main account anyways. Exactly. So why not? Yeah. And it's not like we're not podcasting anymore, so... Yeah, of course not. Otherwise, we just delete the account. Mm-hmm. I like doing the. Po- I actually like doing the podcast as opposed to existing on Twitter and Instagram for other people's consumption, which I hate. hate. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can pretend that this is close friends only. Thankfully. Yeah, that's true. If you hate me, stop listening right now. Yeah, if you're hate listening, like. At least send money to the Patreon, I guess. Patreon. Patreon. But at least you're... When you hate someone so much, you have to find out everything about them. Not an instinct that I have at all, honestly. Like, been there, but had never paid money for it. That's an important... Sometimes you hate someone and you want to read their bad takes. Mm-hmm. But I would never pay money to gain access to their content if I hated someone. I guess it's a natural instinct, but it's also, like, one that if you care about your well-being at all, Fine. you really need to nip in the bud. Yeah. You really gotta be hate-lurking these people, like, semi-occasionally when you're having a moment of weakness. Yeah. Not, like, on a daily or weekly basis. No, anyone that I have blocked, I don't lurk on a regular basis. I would say, like, once a month I get really upset, and then I'll, like, look at every single person who's blocked me or I have blocked. Because <laughs> you're just feeding yeah. into your existing <laughs> negative emotions. You're like, let's dig this hole a little bit deeper. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I... You know when someone blocks you, and it's like, you're obviously, like, you're lurking them if you know about this, but it's like, Every it's very clear that they're reading your tweets because every time you tweet something they don't like, like five minutes later they're subtweeting about it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm lurking you. Yes, that is true. I'm also <laughs> but guilty you of this. Me. But you're admitting to it. You're admitting <laughs> yeah. to lurking me. Also it's like you it's embarrassing. Me, yeah. And you're still talking about me, so why did you block me? Because they want you to know that you like hate them. them. Yeah. They hate you, yeah. yeah. It's so stupid. I was 13 once, too. It's all dead. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having a really hard time being perceived online as well. I just, like, wish that nobody I knew online knew anybody else that I knew online. I get it. I don't want them interacting with each other. Everyone in their separate boxes. Yes, exactly. I get it. It's very upsetting. Yeah, I got it. It's like okay. especially when they fight with each other. I hate it when my followers fight amongst each other. Especially when it's two people that I actually like, and I'm like. And especially if one of them does not have the good sense to not talk to you about it. Yes. And it's like I'm not in the business of picking sides. Especially about this. <laughs> Well, if it's, like, someone you're friends with and someone you're not friends with, obviously you're gonna, like, take stock of the situation, figure out who, in your opinion, is in the right or in the wrong, or if they're both being crazy. And then, at the end of the day, you're still probably going to side with the person that is actually a friend. Yeah, at least privately. Like, yeah, at least in your, you can, yes, or, you know, even if you don't side with them... 
private, like, to them, yeah. you can decide who you side with in your brain. In your brain, yeah, of course. I love... There's nothing I love more than overhearing an argument yes. and picking a side. Oh my god, yeah. You're like, they're right. <laughs> Especially when it's someone on a phone conversation and you can only hear their end of the argument. Oh. <laughs> the best one of that, that I, this wasn't super recently, but, um, oh, this one was really funny and I don't think I told you about this, but I was like, Going to Starbucks early in the morning, (laughs) earlier this week, and there were a bunch of guys sitting on the Starbucks patio in Barhaven at 8.15 a.m., and one of them was talking about why he had to end a toxic friendship with one of their, someone else that they knew. A toxic male friendship? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I had to stop bringing Jay around because every time that he showed up like the police would show up too and it's like dude why are you strapped we're literally at brunch right now <laughs> like do you think it's jay who's always at uh the cool place in canada <laughs> like the drug dealer the 35 year old drug dealer maybe <laughs> i just wish he would stop bringing his, his weapon to, to brunch, brunch. <laughs> to cora so funny that they were just like three guys sitting around having that conversation at 8.15 in the morning on the Starbucks patio. Bro, why are you strapped? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Probably like three years ago, two years ago, I was going golfing with my brother. My brother took me golfing and not a frequent occurrence for the record. Um, I did hit a lizard with a golf ball by accident. Yeah. I did cry, etc. Um, oh, you hit it with a golf ball? Yes. For some reason, I thought you ran it over with a golf cart. No, that would have been so much worse. Yeah. It ran away. I don't okay. think I really heard it. It was a pretty good lizard. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we were behind this couple, and it was obvious that they were on a relatively early date, or like it was a new, newly minted relationship. And he was really into golf, and it was her first time golfing. Oh, my God. And he was not being nice about her fucking sucking at golfing. Golf is not easy. And I felt so bad for her because she was obviously trying so hard to participate in his interests. She bought a little golf outfit that I could tell was, like, brand new. At one point, she missed a shot, and he wasn't nice to her about it. And she threw herself, her club at the ground, sat on the ground, and was like, I just want to go home. I was like, I fucking hate this guy. That's so mean. It was really, really, really brutal. It was toxic masculinity at so awful at the eighteen holes. Imagine being mean to a girl that you're dating after forcing her to play a sport, and she's not like she can't. He's like really slowing us down. My brother was like ready to throw hands. He was so mad. He was like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) Yeah. I had this couple come into the hostel last week, and you could tell that they had just been in a fight in the car before they came in, and I don't know what the problem was, but, like, they, like, she was so mad at him. Yeah. He probably deserved it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but I, like, had to go back to work, because I forgot to turn in my shift report, so I had to walk all the way back to work, and I, like, was leaving the hostel, and they were coming back in, and she was still mad at him, and she, like, made eye contact with me, and I was like... <laughs> I think it's worse. 
one time, um, I was, I was like dating this guy and we went to Toronto and he caused a big fucking stink with like the front desk person where we were staying and then he left and then I had to go back in by myself. But also the front desk guy thought I was cute and it was like just a horrible situation all around because I was like feeling like apologetic because I was like actually like we need this or whatever, but he had just seen, like, that I was with yeah. lose his fucking shit. So, he, like, already knew what was going on, and it was, like, oh it was God. a really bad situation. That's so awkward. <laughs> hey, I, there's, like, this girl that used to work at the hostel that is mm-hmm. coming back to run the tours as a volunteer. Yeah. And she's using the feedback from the tours for her, like, master's degree. She's doing a master's degree in, like, um, like, prison tourism, basically. Okay. That's a degree? why people, like, want to visit prisons. Oh, she's doing, like, a sociology yeah, degree. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So she's, like, running them for free right now, basically. She makes up her clothes for days after and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so she, like, was behind the desk today, and she saw that we had some pictures up of this guy that's been banned, and it was, like, if you see this man, like, call the police mm-hmm. or whatever, and, like, reference case number blah 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 mm. and she's like oh it's good that you guys are doing that now when I worked here we never printed pictures of people who were banned and I was like well this guy has like one of our staff members has a restraining order against him so it's kind of different mm-hmm. and she's like yeah I had to call the police on lots of people when I worked here and we never printed out their pictures and I was like right there's like an active court case against this guy and like if he comes here like he's going back to prison so it's like kind of different and she's like I'm just saying and I was like I don't know what you're saying <laughs> like, can we both agree that, can we both agree that neither of us know what you're saying can we agree that like you banning someone and us having to call the police because this man like murdered his girlfriend in the hostel and then like threatening the front desk person that had to testify at the trial to the point where he had to get a restraining order against him is like different yeah right? it's a little bit different yeah slightly <laughs> but yeah should we talk about stuff stuff yeah Enemy of the pod. Ellen DeGeneres, lots of enemies on the of the pod. I want us to sell a t-shirt that says Enemy of the Pod on our red bubble. Really cute. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would wear one. Me too. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ellen DeGeneres is getting called out again for the toxic workplace culture on her show, which we've talked about before, like, how bad of a boss she allegedly is. Yeah, but this time it seems like it's maybe actually, like, going somewhere, because apparently enough people have come out and talked about it that, like, the show might actually get cancelled. Yeah, and she, like, publicly apologized today. Yeah. As well, which is, like, how do you even publicly apologize for creating a work environment so toxic that people are publicly calling you out and not be like, yeah, I'm going to quit? Yeah, also... Uh, like, Sorry I treated you like shit. What kind of public apology... Like, we've done a lot on the podcast. Like, what kind of apologies do and don't have value and, like, when an apology is even, like, appropriate or helpful. Yeah. But... How is a a public apology appropriate reparations for literally a years-long project of making people's work life hell? That's what I don't understand. It's like, 
shouldn't you just be quiet and hope the network doesn't cancel your show? I guess sometimes, like, there, something comes from doing a public apology, and it seems like something that is, like, you know, like, everyone makes jokes about, like, the notes off apology. <laughs> like, it seems to be something that people, like, require of celebrities guess, that they think yeah. have, like, failed them somehow. I guess somehow. You have to apologize even if it's meaningless. Yeah, but it's like, for what? <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be kind of a hard dick move if a celebrity people demanded a celebrity publicly apologized and they never did. That's like when uh, depending on what they did, Jeffrey right? Tambor like got accused of a ton of like sexual harassment and stuff mm-hmm. on the set of Transparent to the point where he actually like got fired and they canceled the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "I'm sorry." Or he was like, I'm really focused and I'm kind of an asshole sometimes when I work because I'm so committed to being an actor, but like, I'm sorry if you interpreted my actions as sexual harassment or assault. (laughs) It's literally hard to play. Yeah, it's like, okay, I mean, that's honest, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Literally, like, I was like, well, everybody knows where he stands now, at least. It's like the difference between saying, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry your feelings were hurt. Yes, Two very exactly. different sentences. <laughs> I'm sorry if you interpreted my actions as assault. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's be clear. I'm a perfect angel, and you're an unreliable unreli- narrator, narrator, and that's the story we're going with here on out. Okay. Don't say that to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I was just thinking about my own uh, apology language. Yes, of course. Oh my god, this is so funny to me. But like, I was friends with this girl in high school who like dated this guy. He probably sucked too, but I honestly don't remember what he ever did, if ever. But she was like always such a bitch to him. And one time they got in a fight, and she mailed him a copy of a book that was called like how to apologize the four languages of apology that's so psychotic it's very funny though she also like found out that he was cheating on her like years later when they were like in a relationship but living in different cities and um intentionally brought a chair in off the street that had bed bugs <laughs> into his into his apartment. <laughs> oh my god, that's like me today when I accidentally texted my manager. My manager's being a dickhole today, and then immediate when I realized, immediately followed up with, "I'm sorry that you saw that message." <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, he was, was being a dickhole. But I shouldn't have said it like that. So then I manipulated my other manager by telling him that they were communicating really badly and it was unprofessional to expect employees to communicate with managers through text message. It's really... Because it never would have happened if I didn't have his phone number. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm always in this toxic situation at work where, like, a lot of my coworkers don't like each other. And some of my bosses don't like some of my other bosses. And it's like, they both talk shit to me about that person. And it's like, oh my god, what am I supposed to say? I don't care. 
Honestly. You guys have your little beefs, but it's like, I honestly am only hearing either sides of your story from you. So how am I supposed to? It's very like, she said, she said. No, I'm kidding. It's very, he said, she said. <laughs> it's very, they said, they said. <laughs> My queer group chat. <laughs> My toxic queer group chat. Four separate group chats where one person isn't included in each of the subgroups. She slash they said. <laughs> I really want to make one of those memes that's like, so there's this man who doesn't care if I live or die, but instead it's like, so there's this manager who doesn't care if I live or die. <laughs> Those memes are so funny. Or, so there's this payroll employee who doesn't care if I live or die. Literally. You don't get paid on time and you're like, hey. My page had came into my email today and I was like, this is not even worth typing in my social security number to try and see how much money was on it because I'm sure it's bleak. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all fun and games when you're like, yay, leaving work early and then you get your pay stub and you're like, fuck, I left work early so many times. Me, I'm broke. My manager, hey, can you do a shift? Today, me, not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> like, not. not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Me, I'm broke. Anyway, <laughs> my boss, does anyone want to get cut? Me, 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 sorry, you have to pay me more. Me. You want me to come in for extra shifts. Yeah. Actually, though. Hell yeah. Pay me more money, I'll do all your extra shifts. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Ellen DeGeneres. It's time. It's time. We've been, we've sat for a while, like, I feel like, you know, we've been on the Ellen train since probably at least 2017, really, except for, like, wine moms and, like, women who are pretending to not be, hate that their kids are gay. Yeah, all of the sitcom to, like, talk show pipeline chicks are already canceled anyways. Why not yeah. just put Ellen DeGeneres in there, too? Roseanne Barr's already canceled. Yeah, Ricky Lake canceled himself by getting skinny. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Tyra Banks is canceled. Oh, yeah. I was explaining... <laughs> Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks like extended feuds my boyfriend the other day and it was like I've never watched somebody's eyes glaze over so quickly but I was like this is really important and then I was like and then Naomi Campbell threw a cell phone at her assistant so she's doing community service and there's like a really glamorous picture of her wearing a full face of makeup but like a safety vest so she had a bit of garbage along the side of the road in like Los Angeles <laughs> Someone asked me to explain the like, um, like makeup YouTuber beef that I had watched like a four-hour YouTube video on because I'm also not part of makeup YouTube and I like, knew not, everything about it. You're not, and I am, and yeah. I did not understand that drama no. or watch that video. Okay. I just like drama. Do you want? Oh, this was also another like sort of similar moment, but I was explaining like a YouTube makeup trend that people thought was racist to my boyfriend, which was kind of silly. It was kind of silly. It was like, you know how, like, Bella Hadid and, like, Kendall Jenner and all these other chits, basically, they all have brow lifts? Yeah. Which gives them, like, like almond-shaped yeah. eyes. Um, so, there was, like, a trend on YouTube of, like, people trying to get that look with makeup, okay. basically. And I was, like, googling it, and everything that came up was a think piece 
about how, how white women are trying to look Asian. I didn't know that that was because Ellen Bede had an umbrella. Yeah. I just thought it was because she was Middle Eastern. She... I thought her face was just like that. I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought... I initially thought so as well, but, like, there are a lot of, like, before and after surgery pictures of her. Right. Anyways. But she has a bra lift. Um, oh, I meant Gigi Hadid. Yeah, Bella Hadid looks completely different. Yeah. Um... And anyways, (laughs) it's funny because it's like, I sort of get it, but at the same time, like, I read a whole Reddit thread about it, and the the top comment was a chick being like, for the record, I'm Asian, and if you think that white people look like after a brow lift is what Asians look like, you're racist. Okay, sometimes (laughs) that's true. I was like... Honestly, true. Sometimes people, like, white people are like, this thing's racist, and it's like, oh, you're a racist. Yeah, like, when people are like, you don't look native, but I'm like, oh, so you have a very clear picture of what you think all natives look like. There was, okay, I was watching that show Love on the Spectrum on Mm -hmm. Netflix, and there's this episode where this, like, Chinese-Australian guy goes on a date with this girl who has a really bad speech impediment, Mm -hmm. and they're both on the spectrum, and he asks her what she likes to do for fun, and she said, I like to play on the computer, but she Mm -hmm. pronounced computer really weird because of her speech impediment, Mm -hmm. and then he was like, what are you saying? And she was like, what? And he repeated the word that she said the same way she said it, and she was like, what are you saying? And he was like, you said this word, and she was like, okay, not to be racist, but do you not know how to say the word computer? But she mispronounced computer again, and it was like, no, you you're racist, and you're the one that mispronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was like, what is going on? <laughs> She's like, not to be racist, and he's like, not to be able. <laughs> but, yeah, literally. What are either of us saying right, right now? <laughs> you know what? It, <laughs> has it ever happened to you that you, like, try to make a joke? And it doesn't land, but the other person completely doesn't understand you, yeah. and then you both have to, like... Explain. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Can we just, like, walk this one back a little bit? Yeah, that's probably what happened with Ellen. She was probably just making jokes and people were taking too seriously. Yeah. Like, scaring your employees with their greatest fears is, like, really funny, actually, especially if you film it and put it on network television without their explicit consent. That's what I've always thought. (laughs) I absolutely hate it when someone exposes me to my greatest fear and then films it and then posts it online without my explicit consent. There was a video of me online of, like, standing on a glass floor <laughs> in the CN Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's last four CN Tower fan cam win. <laughs> I went there in eighth grade and it triggered my vertigo and I've never been the same. It was such a status symbol when I was younger to go to Toronto, do the skywalk, and yeah. go to the aquarium. Yeah. If there were pictures of you at the aquarium, I was like, You're whoa. Rich. That chick has money and probably a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> it's like, oh, how come girls that have boyfriends always have a picture in front of the jellyfish? That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I have a weird theory that 
like, you know those pictures that used to be trendy online where you can see the girl running behind, but the picture is taken from the perspective where you can see the hand yes. holding, running in front, I yeah. guess, and you can see the hand holding? Yeah. I have a theory that people fake those photos. They do. They're, like, all fake. Who's holding your hand? Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, wrapping your arm around your back and then holding both hands and there's a tripod. You're, dro- you're doodling, like, man, hand, hand, garden. <laughs> man, hand, hand, car door. <laughs> <laughs> man, hand, sitting across fancy restaurant dinner table. <laughs> Freelance Photoshop editor cheap. (laughs) You're posting it on Snapchat captions, dinners with this one, hard eyes, and then you're trying about your ex (laughs) for the rest of the night. Whoever gets my man's hand next. (laughs) I hate that TikTok trend. Imagine posting one of those, but about like your worst ex. To whoever gets my man's hand. What is it? Oh no, it's like to whoever get like there was a TikTok going around of this like nineteen year old girl and she's like crying. She like she's pointing up at the text that says to to whoever gets Cole next. Then it's like pictures of her and the boy that she just broke up with, and it's like let him be himself. He'll be happy. And it's like all this like tips for like whoever's dating her ex next. Feed him three times a day. Yeah. He needs a daily run and a blue Gatorade. <laughs> Brush him. <laughs> Psycho. But imagine doing that with, like, your worst ex. Like, to whoever gets, like, so-and-so next. Make sure you're not older than 25. (laughs) Make sure he doesn't do, uh fucking reverse card on you and call the cops on you when you threaten to call the cops <laughs> on him. <laughs> Honestly, iconic move, big respect, aside from the abuse <laughs> you the whole Honestly, abuse thing. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call the cops on me if I call the cops on you first. That's like when you get in a fight with your parents and they say, oh, you want to call child services? Go ahead, do it, and they hand you the phone. Yeah, and they're like, I bet you'll have a re- my mom used to be like, enjoy foster care. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Noted. Um, but that's so funny. Fucked up. You know what I should do? I want to make one that's like about people stealing your jokes in stand up, but like the comedians are really bad. To whoever uses my joke next. <laughs> like when your ex girlfriend who hates me literally tweeted something that I tweeted word for word and people kept sending it to me and I was like, this has gotta be like I'm blocked, can you screenshot? <laughs> no, people kept screenshotting it and sending they it to me. They, they knew. I guess it was a funny tweet when I did it. <laughs> to whoever uses my tweet next. <laughs> Never bites my fucking joke. It wasn't even a good joke. It was like that's the thing when people steal jokes. They're never good. It's never even a good joke. No, because if they use something that's too good, it's gonna be obvious. It's and gonna get called out. It's gonna just reek of you. Yeah. Well, imagine like, and that's. I'm not mad at me once because I cheated. I'm gonna steal all your jokes. I'm gonna be like, yeah, so I'm a lesbian. <laughs> like, imagine. <laughs> People always think I'm a man. <laughs> I'm so 
time I tweeted, if you think that people are stealing your jokes, maybe you should get better jokes. And Literally. this chick got mad because she always accuses people of stealing her jokes and also hates me. But my point was, like, if your joke is something that other people can steal, it's not original enough because it's not in your own voice enough to the point where someone wouldn't be comfortable stealing it. Well, we see this all the time, where it's like, even outside of the local scene, you see someone do a joke, and you're like, whoa, someone has a joke that's really similar to that. And then yeah. you're like, oh, it's just, there are only so many premises. That start with, like, I was on Tinder. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not hard to think that, even if they hadn't seen each other's jokes, two people wouldn't do jokes about the same thing. Yeah. Like, I used to, I was trying to write a joke about people, um, like, asking me if I'm Italian and shit like that. Um, and then there's, like, another half-indigenous comedian in our scene who does a, a good joke about it. And I was like, why would I write my own joke about this? It's not even interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. To whoever gets my Pocahontas with Italian joke next... If no one would steal that joke from me. No. <laughs> because no. it's too good. Speaking of Italians, um <laughs> honest was Italian. But maybe I still do want to do comedy. Yeah. Thinking about like your one really good joke and being like, hmm. That could be a good, the, what I said earlier, if I was willing to do gross shit on stage about being, um, jealous of the intimacy of my boyfriend's last relationship when I found out that he would poop while she was in the shower and he wouldn't do it with me. <laughs> That's so funny. Dude, I did my competition set last week. And also I, not uh, true, sorry for the record. Um, not true. I did my competition set last week and I forgot to do my new joke about lesbian domestic violence. <laughs> It's okay, just audiences hate jokes about domestic violence anyways. It's an awareness joke. <laughs> the worst thing is, it's like, when I try to do a joke about domestic violence, which I've tried with like three different jokes and, and like happens. so many different venues and so many occasions. And then I always have to be like, oh, you guys don't like jokes about women getting hit. All right. <laughs> Which usually gets a laugh, but then I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> um, I used to do the one about male feminist who beats his wife. Which, <laughs> when, it gets a, when it gets a laugh, gets a big laugh, so to be fair. Um... And then I was do doing the joke about not covering up the bruise that I had on my chin when I went home to visit my family because I don't want my cousins to think that I'm too good for them now oh, that yeah. I don't date guys that hit me anymore. Um, and that one sometimes bangs, but it's like, people don't get it if they're not from the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I, like, really want to do this joke, but I don't think it's going to work, and it's about telling my ex that her blood sugar was too high because her pussy smelled like maple syrup. True. <laughs> the myths about diabetic pussy are true. Uh, fuck. Okay, should we talk about Alyssa Milano? Yeah, briefly. 
Okay, Alyssa Milano. What's the deal with that? She's on it again. (laughs) She's on one. She's mad that Joe Rogan has more listeners on his podcast than her. I'm going to read this tweet because it's so funny. (laughs) Specifically to me, it's very funny. I don't want to download the Government of Canada COVID alert. I would actually rather kill myself. I don't really like need that. Okay, I'm not reading the beginning of the thread, but no. the first tweet that I'm reading in the thread is, and Native Americans have to fight to get a major sports team renamed because their name is so horribly offensive, but they refused for years because racism is just as American as apple pie. And the next tweet is, <laughs> we live in a world where Joe Rogan's podcast has tripled the listeners as mine. Dear God. She's like, she's like, the world is a horrible place because of, uh, the Washington Redskins and Native Americans, and also because Joe Rogan's podcast, which is objectively better than mine, has more listeners. I really wish that she was Irish American. Instead of Italian? Yeah. Same Because you know she'd be talking about how Irish people were slaves, too. <laughs> I love that she's just burying all of her grievances in a row. And as if, as if, I'm the only person who gets to say the Washington Redskins is a bad team name. And also, why doesn't my podcast have more listeners in the same sentence? I also loved her tweet about Donald Trump that was like, it sounded like something that you wrote as a mm-hmm. joke making fun of Liz. Oh my god. Because you literally said the exact same thing as a joke. But she was like, Donald Trump is horrible and orange and being horrible and orange is also part of his strategy and nobody's <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> she's also like... <laughs> President Cheeto. She's also like functionally illiterate. Like she <laughs> doesn't write at a sixth grade level. No. The punctuation is in the right places, but it's like she got to the point that she was halfway making in literally the most non-linear fashion ever without even using any big words, which is like, honestly, like, yeah, a feat. Yeah. Honestly, okay. I, I know I've said this before, but I need to know what happened on the set of Charmed. Okay. I was just going <laughs> to ask you, because <laughs> you're horny. Yes. But I couldn't remember what Alyssa Milano was famous well, for. <laughs> I've seen it. I love Charmed. Like, I'm a Charmed stan. Yes. From, since before her and Rose McGowan were problematic. Oh my god, Rose McGowan is famous from yeah. uh, Charmed, so too? So the original three people on Charmed were, like, Alyssa Milano, mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty, who, like, mini, like, got, like, mini-canceled. And then this, like, other chick that's, like, only been a Charmed. And then they killed Shannon Doherty off after the first season because she was such, so awful on set that they fired her. Mm. And then um, Rose McGowan came in as, like, a new character that replaced her. Oh, okay. But Shannon Doherty got, like, her and her best friend were both on the show, and she got fired for being such a cunt. Mm -hmm. And then she got breast cancer, and it was stage four, and they literally thought she was going to die, so they made up, and then she lived. Whoa. And now everybody's like, is it ethical to, like, make up with someone that you said that you would never talk to again just because you think they're going to die that has nothing to do with their behavior? No. It's not. That's what I think. I think it actually makes the other person on the show look worse that she made up with Shannon Yeah, if I was the dying chick, I would have been like, no. No, fuck you. Yeah. But I guess if I was Shannon Doherty... And I was dying. 
had one friend. But she's, like, alive now, and they're still friends. And I'm like, that feels weird. It does feel weird. Yeah. Well, you have to be, like... Okay, are you being friends with this person just because it's like you don't feel comfortable hating someone who's dying? For the record, you should always feel comfortable hating someone who's dying. Like, you should stick to your initial feelings. Um, or is it like she, like, this forced her to, like, reconsider that she was, like, wrong and her poor behavior and being mad about stupid petty things that in the grand scheme of things don't matter. Yeah. That's positive, but it's, like, I kind of feel like it was the first one. Same. I do, too. This is another cast, like, the Glee cast that I feel like is cursed because it's, like, one's a turf now, one is just, like, a blathering idiot, one is in a complete obscurity, and the other one almost died from stage four breast cancer. Yeah, rip. Yeah. Girl boss. Girl boss? Which one? No comment. (laughs) My family is having, like, uh, beef right now. Not my immediate family, but my great-grandmother just died. She's old as shit. Um, But when, like, my grandmother, when she was alive, used to manage my great-grandmother and great-grandfather's finances. Yeah. They were old as shit. Um, and then my grandmother died, and some money apparently was missing that my grandmother didn't know about yeah. was missing from, like, my great-grandparents' accounts, okay. because my great-grandfather was still, like, lucid when he died, uh, so he just took out, like, a savings bond and didn't tell my grandmother about it. She wasn't, like, his keeper. Yeah. She would just, like, drive them to the bank and shit like yeah. that. Anyways, um, so my uncle accused my grandmother of being a thief, and then she died, and then he tried to come to the funeral, and my entire family told him to go fuck himself. Iconic. (laughs) Which is sweet, you know? But then my great-grandmother died, and my grandpa was going to go to the funeral, and my uncle called him and told him not to come. Nice. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) But my grandpa never talked shit on my great-grandmother. You know what I mean? It wasn't the same... Yeah, it wasn't the same. The same. I was like, yeah, if someone fucking called me a thief and then came to my funeral, I'd be pissed as hell. I would would want all my friends and family to call that person and tell them to go fuck themselves. My mom called him and told him she'd call the police if he showed up. And it's like, I don't think the police would uh, kick someone's, like, nephew out of their funeral, but I don't know for sure. Maybe. I don't know. Can I tell you that a guy showed up my uncle's funeral in flip-flops and cargo shorts? Oh... Dude, you should have been to my grandmother's funeral. Ski-do jackets? Absolutely ski-do yeah. jackets as far as the art can see. Lots of, like, Costco brand yoga leggings. Yeah. I actually looked sort of out of place in, like, a knee-length black dress and a high heel. Jesus. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was really funny. For the record, I am from Western Newfoundland, but... Still? <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Do you... One second. Yeah. Let's pause. I'm on the brain. Should we talk about the internet? The internet. The internet. The internet. The internet. Do you have a beef this week? I do. Okay. Describe. Okay. So I saw a post on Instagram today. Mm-hmm. I'll read it to you. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, you're ready. Can I guess what bothered it about you? Yes. I'll what read bothered it to you and then you, you can guess it? what the problem is. Okay. 
Do you think it's going to be obvious? I would hope so. Okay. But maybe I'm misinterpreting it, so you'll have to tell me. Okay, so it's like a six-post thread mm-hmm. called Your Friend is Accused of Causing Harm, What to Do and What Not to Do. Okay. One, believe the survivor. Trust their experience of what happened, but also what they are telling you they need. Two, center the survivor. This may be hard because of where you feel your loyalties lie. Also because your friend may have been bringing you to death this person. This is something that people do to avoid accountability. It may not seem like it, but holding your friend accountable is the best thing for them, too. Three, do not blame the survivor. Your friend is going to struggle with being called out. This is understandable. It isn't easy to face the truth of your harmful behavior. Regardless of how severe this impact is, it is not the responsibility of the survivor or anyone supporting the survivor. Do not tell the survivor how difficult this is for your friend unless they ask you. Remember, your friend is responsible for their own behavior. They created this situation. Four, do not look for proof. Do not ask the survivor to explain the harm to you. They do not owe you this. They have had to do this again and again, each time revealing their trauma. Listen if they want to share, but if they don't, respect that and support them. You don't need to understand in order to believe. Five, think outside the cage. This is the long one. Mm-hmm. We have been living in a society that relies on punitive justice. It gives us a black and white view of people, guilty or innocent, punished or exonerated, despite our abolitionist politics. Many of us still see that through this lens. It takes work to unlearn what has been deeply ingrained in us from birth. Challenge your assumptions. What does it look like for you to take harm seriously while rejecting a punitive system? How can you support your friend while actively encouraging them towards a restorative process of accountability? Accountability is not punishment. Asking for it is not an attack. It is a huge risk for a survivor. It's important that we don't punish survivors for this and that we acknowledge it as a generous gift. Accountability processes are vulnerable and revealing of the truth. People who are habitually abusive will try to avoid them, not seek them. Six is understand the harm. Seven is embody the movement. Eight is what the criminal justice system asks, which is what the crime, what was the crime, who committed it, and what is the punishment. Nine, restorative justice asks what happened, who was harmed, and how, what is needed to repair the harm. Interesting, because um, I feel like when you say don't look for proof, don't ask the survivor what happened, you're not addressing the question of restorative justice, which is what happened. Yes. And I think you need to ask both people what happened. I also feel like there's some really confusing messaging here because they're saying they're calling this like what to do when your friend is accused of causing harm and talking about accountability. But then they're also referring to the person who calls him out as a survivor. And it's like, are we talking about like assault or are we talking about like being problematic on the internet? Because to me, like being problematic on the internet is assault. You didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. Because to me, like being accused of harm and accountability do not belong in the same language circle as like survivor and like believe the victim. Yeah. You know what I mean. I also think that it's kind of funny that points one through five that they make are extremely carceral and not even (laughs) in, like, the way where, you know, in an ideal world, the justice system would work where it would be, like, both people would speak, evidence would be collected, blah, blah, a decision would be come to, like, the punishment would fit the crime, whatever. Um, This is, like... All the first five posts are all about punishing the person who allegedly did the thing. Yeah. Without 
asking anyone what happened or looking for proof. And then the sits post is like, think outside the cage. I know, but they're not <laughs> providing like, any like resources, right? And I don't know. I just like, I didn't like that they're like, it's not about you. Like if someone accuses your friend of doing harm, it's not about you. And it's like, actually like having your trust broken by someone that you consider to be close to you or a loved one is victimizing. And I think it's kind of shitty to be like, this doesn't affect you. Of course. Because like if your best friend of 10 years, like sexually assaults someone and their victim comes to you to tell you that, Mm -hmm. that is traumatizing. Yeah. And it doesn't mean your feelings matter over the victims, but it's really shitty to be like, it's not about you and nothing and your feelings don't matter. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the time when you are ready to, you know, like, listen and, like, support a victim or whatever, it's like, maybe you already knew. Yeah. (laughs) That you're, not that your friend was, you know, doing those sorts of things, but maybe you already knew that that person was... Doing other things. Or... Had poor behavior, for example. Yeah. Like... My boyfriend has, like, cited this example before, but... In the other room. <laughs> my, my boyfriend is fighting the carceral system by doing push-ups from a prison-style workout in the other room right now. Um, <laughs> if you hear somebody breathing heavily, uh, it's because we're recording with masks on. Okay. Um, <laughs> safety first. Um... No, he had a friend who was legitimate, a very close friend of his when he was a teenager, who, like, when he was older, was accused of sexual assault, and they all took it at him, and all of his male friends took it at face value, and, like, really, like, investigated his previous behavior, because apparently they had all already talked to him about, like, some of the shit that he had said about women before. Like, they knew he was a misogynist. And that it was to the point of being a problem, and they had all asked him to, like, work on it. And then, so when the sexual assault thing came up, it wasn't... Obviously, they didn't know that what was happening was that bad, but it wasn't really a surprise. So they, and they also all knew the girl. So yeah. they were already prepared to like, yeah, force him to be accountable yeah. and like be there for people on both sides of the system. Although ultimately he's not friends with that person anymore. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just don't like it when people use like the language of like, like, criminal behavior and, like, holding people accountable to, like, actually harming others for calling out, like, being problematic on the internet. I, like, I don't think it's it's responsible to equate online words with physical material reality. It's very posting. It's not, it's confusing to people and it's not actually helpful. Well, it's like, think about the shit that I've posted that people say causes harm all the time. It's like, are you going to personally hold me accountable for that and listen to the survivors of my violence? Yeah. (laughs) Are we going to do a focus group with bisexuals to see what they think about my jokes? Oh my god. (laughs) 
Listen, I'm all for community healing. Um, <laughs> maybe this is like the wrong thing to say, but it's like I know that it's like the the bare like you can't know all the faces of one person, no. and I say this all the time, like in regards to abuse, when people are like surprised that somebody is capable yeah. of doing something or whatever. I understand that, and people can surprise you. I think a lot of the time people do not surprise you. And I think that in a lot of cases, I haven't really been a around a lot of people who have done things like that that I've found out about. But one thing that we also can't pretend doesn't happen is it's not like people aren't vindictive and don't twist things or say things and try to get people canceled because they have, like, personal problems. Yeah. Especially when it comes to things that are lighter than sexual assault. You know, yeah. like, when it comes to just, like, this person is toxic, no explanation. Yeah. It's like, can okay. we... It's like, no, this is a time when it's inappropriate appropriate to investigate this and try to understand what's Ask happening. some context. Because is this I'm, a personal problem or is this going to affect other people? It's like, if someone I know hates my close friend and it's like, then this person is spouting off about how toxic and problematic and whatever predatory or abusive whatever this person is, it's like, I'm going to need some explanation. Yeah, and, like, I think that that also comes along with, like, normalizing people not thinking that their judgment is all-knowing, you know? Like, some people think that they're such good judges of character that they get so upset every time they find out that someone that they trusted has done something shitty, and it's like, everybody's capable of doing things that you don't agree with, and one really good way of, like, accepting that <laughs> well, I'll, do, I'll do the intro. Let's put some like chain sounds in. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> some grunting. Okay. <laughs> um, one way of like, like getting used to the fact that you're you can't possibly know everything about a person is not acting like being toxic is the same as like raping someone. <laughs> It's just objectively not, and I hate- if you act like it's all the same, then you're, like, it, you know, like, you can't. You can accept that people do things you don't agree with, and, like, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like, I hate it when people are like, stop saying rape and sexual assault, or it's like, stop acting like some forms of sexual assault aren't as harmful as others, or, you know- stop acting like forms of abuse aren't as harmful as others, and it's like, well, there's obviously a gradation. Yeah. It really has a lot to do with, like... It's like, okay, someone called you a name on the bus. Is that really the same as getting beaten within an inch of your life? In my opinion, it's not. Might, but uh, yeah. many people would disagree with me. Well, that's like how, like, obviously, like, there's tons of different types of, like, partner abuse and stuff, but, mm -hmm. like, if someone is like, oh, yeah, I've been abused, and then another person is like, yeah, me too, and then someone's like, yeah, like, my partner hit me, and then someone's like, oh, you mean like that? Like, it's obviously it's not the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, people are so used to just using blanket statements that they don't realize that, like, other people's experiences have, like, degrees of variety that are, like, potentially more harmful. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not one, um, just because I am a card-carrying member... 
of the women who've been hit club doesn't mean <laughs> that I don't take people's abuse uh, abusive experiences lightly if they haven't been no. hit. And I think it, it sucks that people think that, like, in order for people to feel that their, you know, experience was legitimate, that they would have had to experience physical violence. Yeah. But I think because <laughs> I really experienced, like, every form of abuse in one relationship, um, I can tell what is going on when somebody tells me about their experience, even if it's quote-unquote not that bad, or even if they haven't been hit. And also, at the end of the day, I kind of feel like (laughs) something physical is going to happen at some point. Whether or not it's getting hit, getting grabbed, getting shoved having your property destroyed, like getting locked out of your house, Uh, you know, like (laughs) shit will escalate even if someone doesn't fucking hit you. Oh, that's a really, really good one. I really, I I really like that one. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when people know where I live. Um, (laughs) You have beef? I do. I just briefly want to touch on the fact that, um, so like I said, I deleted or like changed my, my personal Twitter account and I made the mistake of doing that on the same day that I tweeted something spicy about demisexuals and literally every day. Um, and people were like replying to my tweets and being like, I can't believe you're hiding behind the podcast account to get away from the backlash that you're experiencing. And I literally had to be like, what backlash? What are you talking about? I don't know. And then people send me screenshots of something I said about demisexuals. And the funny thing is, like, and this is, again, part of having a 25,000 follower Twitter account, is that if I say something that people don't like... I don't really like to argue online, but I do think it's funny when people get mad at me for silly reasons. But if people start to be too annoying in the replies, literally, it only takes one or two annoying people in the replies for me to just mute the whole tweet. So I I didn't know that that tweet had gotten retweeted like 300 times and that people were quote tweeting me and getting mad and saying I was doing uh, erasure and (laughs) attacking one of the quote most marginalized communities. Uh in the queer sphere. Um, but I'm... Who wants the fucking girl that has feelings? I'm really embarrassed that people thought that I was running away <laughs> from being scared of being, quote, cancelled by demisexuals <laughs> online. You can only get cancelled if it has no real-life repercussions. Well, I was like, you obviously don't follow my account, but I've gotten, I can't really say canceled, but I've caused, quote, backlash um, or pushback pretty frequently and never cared. Why would I start caring now enough to delete my account or to lock my or whatever? Yeah. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You honestly think that I got fucking canceled by people that don't have sex. 
and are mad that I did a stupid little tweet about it that I thought about for all of three seconds, sent out, and immediately (laughs) muted. What I don't understand is why people think that you switching your main account to the main podcast account means you deleted your account because it literally means you didn't delete your account. Yeah. And also because we posted a tweet from the old DBM account that said, like, this account is being saved because we're using it for an upcoming project mm-hmm. is you deleting your pre- internet presence. It's like, what? It's just money moves. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then people are like, you're hiding behind the podcast account. It's like, yeah, if I was really worried about that, I'm sure I would want my podcast to be talking shit about demisexuals. Like, obviously it doesn't matter to us. Yeah, you like know? you said, the whole podcast only exists so we can talk shit about demisexuals. That's literally what the Bi- podcast is Bisexuals about. are on the back burner, baby. It's all about... Demisexuals. Gray. Gray. <laughs> Why did we both say that? <laughs> a, a hetero romance. I was trying to think of some fucking joke about it earlier, and all I was like, what is funny with hetero romantic? And I was like, nothing. And Heter- also, I don't... Heterosexual, uh, homo-romantic is funny. That I is. only I only feel romantic attraction to women, but I like having sex with men. That's weird. <laughs> I have people that identify as that, or they'll be like, "I'm bi, I'm bisexual, homo romantic." I don't think so. So you, you can have sex with men for free. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, I was like, you're right. I am hiding, but not because I'm scared. I'm like extremely sick of being online because of fucking pedants like you. I'm not hiding from demisexuals. I'm hiding from psycho people. Yeah, I'm hiding from annoying people and perverts. Yeah. And people who don't want to treat me like I'm a person just because I accidentally got 25,000 followers. Literally. I literally just don't want strangers to know that I exist or talk to me. Which is, like, normal. Most people don't want that. Yeah, I know. Most people... And, like, I was just trying to get my little jokes off online. I think people that want 25,000 followers are sick. I think that a lot of people that want 25,000 followers messaged me and were like, Why... Did you do that? And I was like, we need different amounts of attention to survive. <laughs> Literally. Or they're like, yeah. Yeah, they so, don't. Sorry, well, I'm like an, a real adult with a real life and like. Well, the problem is I was being irresponsible before because yeah. I never expected anything to happen. Of course. Well, especially because like, I mean, a lot of people that I see now that have tons of followers on Twitter are like under 22. You know what I mean? Like, Twitter yeah. wasn't like that when we started using it. No. Like, we never could have imagined that that would happen. I had an account that had 250 followers for, like, nine years. Literally, yeah. And then in the last year and a half, I've, uh, like, literally t- times my account by a thousand. Yeah. My follower count has increased by like thirty, like mm. thirty times over in the last year and a half. Yeah, and I got Twitter in two thousand and thirteen, and I yeah. had like a hundred followers for the first. My Twitter accounts from like two thousand and nine. Yeah, 
So, <laughs> like, that How could I then. possibly have expected that to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and... Again, like, this is not something that people would know about from the podcast or, like, from me tweeting online, but anyone who knows me personally knows that I'm uh, extremely guarded, and I don't like the idea of people who don't know me thinking they know me. I hate that. I'm like, I know a lot of people like, would be uncomfortable with that, but... It's like, you don't want people having opinions about things that you're doing. Like, I even, like, lie to my parents about what I'm doing sometimes, even though I'm an adult and I don't live with them, because I don't want them having opinions about how I'm choosing to spend my time. Yeah, it just makes me uncomfortable to think about people thinking of me. Yeah, like, not directly engaging conversation. Yeah, some people love it. Some people thrive off that, and it's like, I just... Obviously, I'm not shy, but it's like... I don't want to live right for I want to have my own little life. Yeah. (laughs) Only ones, if you're not my friend, you're never going to be my friend. I no new friends. I've really maxed out. No new friends. I have like 10 friends now. That's a lot. I've never had 10 friends before. So that's probably not true, Five but like. MySpace top 10? I think I went down to having like two friends at one point. Now I have like 10 friends. Loosely. Yeah, that's a lot though. Yeah, but it's not like ten people who would help me move. Yeah. How many people would help you move? Can I count my brothers? No. <laughs> like four? That's a per- like that's a lot. Okay. So good. You don't need more friends. Also, I counted my. Okay, three. But I was thinking about people who would actually be helpful. <laughs> Can I tell my, my brothers who I live with? <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't live with me, I okay, think he would help me move. Yeah. But still, he is yeah. still my boyfriend. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's like, what the fuck are you and Gloria and Maddie gonna do compared to Mike? No offense. You want him on your team if you're moving. Gloria can probably live. She's very long. I don't think the leverage is, it would be right. True. Okay, you can count Rory and Gigi. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I don't have a dumb bitch of the week, actually. Amazing. Do you? Great news, everybody. Great news, everybody. Let's do tweets of the week. You first. Let's do tweets of the week. All right, I have mine. My coworker kept asking me about what I do after work. I was like, on the weeknights? Nothing. Make dinner, watch an episode of a show, read my book, and fall asleep. Take a shower sometimes. Sometimes. Like every day, probably. But like... (laughs) (laughs) Probably every day. Um, And she's like, oh. And I was like, well, like I only have two friends and one of them moved across the country. So I can usually get my social engagements taken care of on the weekend. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Okay, my tweet of the week is, again, from at Jackie's underscore Backy. So funny. So funny. When you cat call me, you aren't hurting me. You're hurting yourself. Brackets, I'm ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Self-harm to see me. It's like, you have low standards. That's funny. 
my tweet of the week is from Queen Joaquin at Queen Joaquin. And she said, I hate that there's no way to know if you're on track or not for your annual consumption of eight spiders. That's so good. And then somebody in my replies said, I hate it when you don't hit your quota early enough in the year and then you gotta really get down to it in December. (laughs) I love jokes about misinformation online really funny to me jokes about how many spiders you eat in a year this isn't like we're, last week when we were talking about what people think you would have jokes about versus <laughs> what you do have jokes about yeah. how many spiders you eat in your sleep Probably. big contender for me I have a lot of jokes about insects yeah you do weirdly because <laughs> <laughs> I was a tomboy growing up. <laughs> I love jokes about like snopes Snopes? The, the Snopes website. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I need yes, more yes, jokes yes, yes. about that. Fact checking. Fact checker, yeah. I love when people who are, like, right-wing are, like, obsessed with fact, che- fact checking. Yeah. And I'm like, I've literally never wanted to know a fact before. No, I don't want to know information. I'm going to win this argument by providing information. I'm not reading the sources. When people send you a resource on something, they're like, actually, you're wrong, and they send you the link to an article. I'm like, uh. They send you a link to an article, and the website is really reputable, like worldnews.tv.org, and you're like, "Mm, is there human meat in McDonald's ground beef, though? Okay. Log off, vegans. All right. <laughs> My next parade. Vegans. Vegans. Yeah. I'm not even going to get fucking canceled, though, now that I don't have my own Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Posted from the pod account. I don't care. Okay. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see if we have a lot of vegan listeners. Hmm. Sound off in the comments if you're vegan. vegan. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>